Entrepreneur on Fire 707. In need of some motivation? We've got you covered seven days a week. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Igloo is bringing task management to the internet. Share files, schedule meetings, and provide status updates to your team all in one platform. Try Igloo for free for up to 10 people at igloosoftware.com slash fire. It's National Make-A-Will Month. LegalZoom provides legal help through independent attorneys and self-help, but they're not a law firm. Protect your family and future today. Visit LegalZoom.com, enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Like that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, John McGinn. John, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. John is a problem solver by trade and is forever indebted to a family of creative, adventurous, and self-made folks. Failure demanded he pursue creativity and entrepreneurship with ferocity. Given the opportunity to design tools and experiences, John has generated over $200 million for those in need. John, share a little bit more about your biz. Give us some personal insights, and then we're going to dive on in. Great, great. I, uh, I guess I could start by saying we, we started South in 2011. Um, I was working for a large software company, um, and my partner was actually working for a uh, – had started a um, training company out in, in uh, California in Laguna Beach. We grew up in the same town and um, ended up knowing each other through some mutual friends and, and started working together. Um, and he, he and I – sort of got to a point where we had so many different things going on, so many different uh, projects going on that we realized it was time to take the leap. And so we started started things off. So John, give me a little uh, taste of your personal life. Like what do, what do you have going on, family? Where do you live? Great. Yeah, we are in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm married, have three wonderful, wonderful children and a wonderful wife. She really keeps, keeps everything going so that I can work. I feel like without her, it would be a... Uh, this probably wouldn't be a very interesting interview. <laughs> well, she's the rock. I love it, John. And I know we're going to kind of keep coming back to family and just support and team as we go forward in this interview, because, you know, that's what you really built up. And that's, you know, things that you've done incredibly well. That really is a shiny example for Fire Nation. But before we really dive into your journey and before we really focus on a couple stories specifically, we always start with a success quote. So, John, you have a couple for us. So take it away. Okay. The first one is uh, measure twice, cut once. This is something that my, my dad has always, I mean, I remember him telling me when I was younger, and it's something that um, he continued to tell me throughout the years, just sort of impressing it upon me as something I should remember. And it was something that now I feel like has really, uh, I, I look at it a lot of different ways, but measure twice, cut once. The premise is, um, you know, if you think about something before just taking an impulse, then a lot of times you you save a lot of uh, a lot of materials. So I think that's something that I really stuck through out the years too. Powerful. The other one is to to catch a wave. You have to be in the water, and I think that right now there's a lot of people that just feel a lot of anxiety, like they're missing out, and there's so many things going on and business is exploding and there's all new startups. The big thing is that if you're just in the water, there's a better chance that something's going to happen that you're going to be a part of it. But 
sort of letting go of the stress and anxiety of being behind the times or something. Now, in Fire Nation, this is something that I kind of want to address right now. And John and I talked about this a little bit in the pre-interview chat. But the reality is entrepreneurship, you know, it's a fun ride. It's an exciting ride. It's a scary ride. But a lot of times, it's just frankly a lucky ride. I mean, for me, with Entrepreneur on Fire, timing had a lot to do with everything. If I had had my little aha moment in 2009, you know, it would have been too early. If I had had it in 2014, you know, it might have been a little too late. But because I had it when I had it, and I kind of got in the water, and then this tide rose, you know, this wave formed of podcasting, you know, I've seen incredible success. And so, you know, sometimes you just need to say, you know, what do I want to be doing? What do I want to be passionate about doing? What do I want to make a difference in this world? And then just jump in the water. And you know, that wave is going to form or it's not going to form. And you don't always have control over that, but you're never going to be able to ride that wave as you never jump in the water. Am I right, John? Exactly right. So listen, John jumped in the water, Fire Nation. I'm John. I also jumped in the water. And uh, we're surfing right now, a little Beach Boy style. <laughs> <laughs> and John, so that was a great success quote. And you know, you share two of them. And you know, I always grew up with that same mantra of measure twice and cut once as well. So thanks for sharing both of those with us today. Absolutely. And now we're going to focus on you, John McGinn, your journey as an entrepreneur. And we're big on stories here specifically, John. So let's really focus in on that. And the first story that I want you to tell is a story of a time that you failed. So really kind of just bear it, you know, share with us a story of a time it didn't work out. Maybe that wave didn't form, you know, and whatever that might be, you know, we want to hear that story because that's what we learn from our failures, our lessons learned from those failures. So John, take it away. Okay. Well, I um, originally got started doing a lot of technical working as a as a network technician and doing a lot of server work and ultimately realized that I wanted to do our, my, the creative aspect of technology and communic and the communication aspects are what I was most interested in. And so I had started building websites in, I guess, 90 in 99 and 2000. And in, in 2001, I uh, got a, got my first large client. And so we, it was an engineering company in Charlotte, North Carolina. I ended up, moving to Charlotte to work on this project. It was really a great project. I was able to build a site from start to finish and, and handle a lot of photography that went into it um, because it was a pretty large engineering firm. But pretty much after that, after that project ended, I hadn't thought about what I was going to do next, where I was going to, you know, continue to pick up work. If I was going to get a referral, all of those things pretty much showed me that I needed to just, moved back home and and at least there I had a lot of things going on where I could sort of maintain um, some income and livelihood. I ended up meeting my wife because I went back. So even though I was it was tough to move back, it was the best thing that happened to me. I, I met my wife. Um, she ended up I guess I went to work for a um, for another small firm uh, in North Carolina and worked there for um, I guess another year and a half. In the in the midst of that, my wife became pregnant. We she was um, because she was pregnant. I was you know tr trying to prepare and on, of course wanting to have sustainable income and working in a lot of different a lot of different projects. I had freelance projects and I was working for a company that also did web projects. Well, it, it kind of came to a head because I had been doing some freelance work, like kind of moonlighting 
whereas the company I worked for did the same kind of work. And so those two things hit head to head and pretty much the company that I was working for was going out of business and he let me go because of that. So my wife, eight months pregnant, me, no job. Um, that was a very difficult time. So there's a couple of things I want to pull out of here, John, and it's really powerful. And maybe I kind of even want to ex- extend this story just a little bit here because I, I think that it kind of is going to go in with the point that I'm about to bring up. And that's, you know, sometimes we really just as entrepreneurs need to have our backs against the wall. Sometimes we need to be in that survivalist instinct mode that Darwinism, you know, really brings out in us. We're just like, you know what? I have no option but to succeed. You know, it's a lot easier not to make that phone call or not to go out and hit the pavement and knock on those doors and not to wake up and just bust your hump doing something, learning something, just doing something online when you don't have a mouth to feed as a child, when you're not supporting a family, when it's just you and some $350 a month apartment. Like, you know, what is really driving you forward? You know, maybe nothing and maybe that's going to be holding you back. And, you know, I never say, Hey, go out and you know and start popping out babies and like put that back against the wall. But it's so strange, John, <laughs> that time and time again over these Entrepreneur on Fire interviews, the pivot point where my guests actually start to see some incredible success and actually start upon the road and the path that takes them to success is when their back was against the wall. And I actually have termed this the baby effect because it just seems like so many times people are like, you know. I had a baby, I had kids, I had a family, I had to support. There was nothing that was going to stop me. I had to succeed. I had no choice but to succeed. And then guess what, John? They succeeded because that was their mindset that had to shift. Where before they were just kind of floating along, trying something, getting a little bit of resistance, quitting, trying something else, getting a little bit of resistance, some failure. And sometimes you just need to put that stake in the ground and drive forward. And you were able to do it, John, obviously. And that's kind of where I'd like you to maybe extend this story a little bit. Because, you know, what did happen? You get laid off. You have a baby. You have a wife. What next? The interesting thing about that is you are sort of taught that you go to work somewhere, you have security. The whole thing of not wanting to be an entrepreneur is I don't want to let go of that safety net. I don't want to let go of that um, you know, steady paycheck, that security of working at a desk in a company, sort of being part of a system, you feel like you have more security. And it actually took that scenario to show me that there is no security working for someone else. <laughs> um, and that, that was a very important thing for me, I think, um, that, that sort of it, it stayed in my brain, I guess, and that seed ultimately grew into South. But I did work for uh, another company before I started South and I enjoyed it. There's a lot of perks to it. And I think that's what gave me the ability to, um, you know, build a business, build freelance work, have this stuff sort of come together and, and it sort of becomes a waterfall and you know that you can step off with safety. So use, if you're working for a company, you know, use that as a time to be building something for yourself. No, I love how you put that, John, that there were actually a lot of perks to working for that next company that you had and that you did, in fact, enjoy it because Fire Nation, 
you can't shy away from being an apprentice at some point in your life. It's not always the best thing to jump just in blindly and then try to work your way up from the bottom up. No, there are people that have been there before you, that have been there, that have done that. And that's what these interviews of Entrepreneur on Fire do, is that we can learn from people like John and mistakes that he's made and and aha moments that he's had and now successes that he's had as well. We can learn from all of these to help us in our journey. And being an apprentice, you know, going to work for a company, that's not the devil. That, in fact, you know, can be a lot of opportunity for you to learn and then once you've learned enough that you can stand on your own two feet, now you can make that leap and now you can know what you're doing. And John, great point that you brought up. I'm glad that we did extend that story out just a little bit to kind of paint a clearer picture of your journey. But now let's move to another moment. And that moment's going to be a light bulb that went off for you at some point. You know, maybe it's for South, you know, maybe it's in another area of your journey, but Tell us that moment, John. Share with us that moment in time when you had this light bulb that went off and you said, wow, this is me. This is John McGinn. This is something that I want to just throw my heart and my soul into. And then walk us through the steps, John, that you took after having that idea that really turned it and pivoted it into success. I had to pitch a big project that for this company that was on the um, chopping block. It was a large project. And so it was in Toronto and I had flown up and I had basically um, gone in and there was uh, roughly 20 people in a meeting. Um, and there's also a video conference and, and I had to basically pitch a concept um, that would hopefully regain their confidence and help them keep this big project. Okay, John, so let's really paint this picture. For Fire Nation, we're sitting here listening. We want to hear a story, my friend. So you wake up that morning. You're going in to pitch this presentation. Go. I didn't sleep at all that night. So I literally got into Toronto late, ended up staying up, working on the presentation, getting everything ready so that the keynote would go smoothly and I could sort of talk through this this stuff. When I realized I only had a couple hours left before I needed to leave, I just went ahead and took a shower and got <laughs> got dressed and and, you know, basically got everything together and and went in. And, you know, I was really nervous going into it. It was something where I, I had a lot of responsibility and there was no there was no one, you know, from the company with me. It was a completely solo trip. Except that there were people in the company that were on the the conference call in the meeting. So I knew that they were listening to what I was saying, (laughs) double stress. Um, And so I went in and they, you know, showed me to the, the room where we would be talking and people are sort of coming in and out and asking about coffee and asking about, um, you know, anything. Don't ask croissants. Got it. Go ahead. Yeah. And we, uh, um, as everyone came together, I think I got so much more comfortable um, just with this this feeling of peace because I wasn't thinking about doing it anymore. So I, I was thinking this is happening. This is something that, you know, there's no escaping it. And sort of when you hit that point, sometimes you just lose all fear of worrying about it. It's like you have fear before it happens. And then once you're in it, you get completely confident. And so I had a funny story to tell and I, and I started with that. And it went really well. There was um, um, everyone was was very energized by the concept and by the whole, the whole product. And they saved this project. Um, but that was the, the aha moment was flying home from that and thinking, this is something that I could do, um, for myself. And it was, it was a very powerful feeling of, you know, having survived 
and having seen the the inside of a meeting that stressful and seen something come together and seen that win, I feel like is what uh, motivated me to to branch out and try it. So this is a really exciting aha moment for Fire Nation to be listening to right now because that's the beauty of going back to that last point that I made of being an apprentice because you do, when you start, need to learn from people who have been there, who have done that, who have made mistakes and who have learned lessons and who have actually figured out a path and have figured out an actual way to succeed. And that's what John was. John was with a company that knew how to succeed and he was learning from that. And then what did they do? Just like, you know, the little mother bird pushes its little bird out of the nest and it has to learn how to fly on its own. Like they did the same to John and he was terrified. And, and of course he was. I mean, who's not terrified about speaking in front of a room full of people with others listening? I mean, that's like the number one phobia in the world. But then as John said, you know, and it's so true as I've spoken in front of thousands of people before, you know, the buildup is literally a hundred times worse than the actual reality of the presentation. Because once you're just up on stage, you're like, okay, there is no more preparing. There's no more wondering what can go wrong. It's just stand and deliver. And that's what I love that you did, John. And you know what? You had your company listening, but they weren't there in, in any actual physical form. And on your way home, you said, wow, I can do this. I can break out on my own, be an entrepreneur, and I can do this. Like you now have that confidence, and you would not have had that confidence, you know, if you hadn't become an apprentice. So, Fire Nation, never shy away from those opportunities. In, fe- in fact, seek them out when possible. And John, I mean, obviously, that moment in time that you just crushed, you know, that presentation and had that realization and that aha moment was an incredibly proud moment for you. But if you had to break it down into your proudest entrepreneurial moment that you've had in your entrepreneurial journey, what would that be? One of our clients is Smirden's Purse, which is a large nonprofit. I think last year they were the fourth highest in online donations, uh, in the, in the, at least in the country, maybe in the world. Very, very explosive company doing amazing things all over the world and, and uh, they have been involved in all of this Ebola breakout in Liberia and, and um, you know, the the Kent coming over from Liberia that was in Atlanta and, and recovering. Anyways, long story short, uh, Smirden's Purse is a wonderful organization. And they they're, they were the organization that really helped me start South because they wanted us to do a lot of strategy work for their redesign and, and build a lot of stuff for Smirden's Purse. One part of Smyrna's Purse is Operation Christmas Child, and Operation Christmas Child is a is a ministry that delivers shoebox gifts to children all over the world, and they have done over a hundred million boxes. And they came and had a, a concept for an online tool where people who are maybe homebound or people who are not able to to get out and put together a shoebox still want to you know pack pack gifts into a virtual shoebox include their photo, include a story. Um, it go through, be printed and, and, and go through the whole process of being packed and still be delivered, um, to a child. So it's this really, really fascinating concept that was really complicated because there's lots of variables with toys and what toys fit in boxes and how people can interact and do this. Well, we ended up building this and it was a lot of fun to work on, but we found out that one of the that the um, the boxes that came through the virtual tool all went to an area of the world I can't mention, but it's a very 
very rigid part of the world that doesn't allow kids to have a lot of toys. It doesn't allow, um, you know, any, any of these gifts, the gifts operation Christmas child had never been allowed in that country. Um, but because the tool was virtual, they were able to set up the, the fulfillment facility within the, the boundaries of the country and fund it through this tool. So it was a really, really unique project. And I think there was a big payoff in just knowing um, that it meant something and that it actually was a tangible um, gift that we facilitated through just thinking about ideas and coming up with the concept. And Fire Nation, that's the world that we live in right now. It's amazing that we can break down these boundaries that have been imposed you know, for decades, if not hundreds of years, all through the new technology that we have at our fingertips. And you know, John and the company that he worked with found a way to bring some Christmas joy you know, to kids that before were being robbed of this opportunity, that weren't being allowed to enjoy in the kind of way that you know, John and his company foresaw that was possible. So really powerful stuff, John. And let's bring things to present time. And let's talk about you Today, I want to hear the one thing that has you most fired up with self right now. I will say we just started a project with uh, Autodesk who make AutoCAD in San Francisco. And we're, we're going to kind of reinvent their content um, publication strategy and, and really do something unique for entrepreneurs and for um, people all across, not just in the 3D printing space or in the AutoCAD space, but really just people that are listening to this show that are excited about, um, you know, entrepreneurship. We are developing something like a magazine for them. That's going to feature a lot of people and content. So that's an exciting thing, but I would say our, our, my most exciting project is honor, which is our uh, employee encouragement system. We ended up, we use it at South, but we built it because through the years working for different, large companies, you, you become, I guess, disconnected from projects. You just become, you know, something that helps something get done, but no one can really put a finger on what it was. And, and it's kind of a, I think it's, it's just a constant, um, point of, of disillusionment where if you were to be talked to, um, for your review and no one really knows what you contribute within the company and you just sort of leave it feeling like this this was you know really disappointing i wanted to i wanted to have a tool that would facilitate people to encourage and keep track of projects and keep track of who's doing things and and sort of what their impact was on a project so we we developed honor it's onor.co as a platform to do to do that very thing but the, the concept behind it, what makes me excited about it is it's not just a tool that people can use to chat and encourage people and have awards. What it really means is there's a dad or a mom that's going to go home from work and feel good. I feel like if it makes an impact on, on our society in some way like that, then it's it to me makes it all worthwhile. So we're just now coming out of beta and have a lot of, have a lot of excitement about what it could be. Um, and I would say that's probably the my most excited project. So Fire Nation, this is just a great mentality to have. When you're building your team and you're having independent contractors and you're having employees and you're just having potentially even virtual assistants, 
they want to know that they're making a difference. They want to know that they're being appreciated. They want to know that people are taking note of this hard work that they're putting in because the reality is, and so many employers and bosses just don't realize that you know we spend a majority of our waking hours working. We want those waking hours to be to feel like it's worthwhile, to feel like it's making a difference, to feel legitimate. And you know, things like John are doing and other people are doing that are really making a difference is so powerful. And and John, we're about to enter the lightning rounds. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. When you're planning your future, you do financial planning, you get insurance, but to get real peace of mind, you got to make sure your family and finances are legally protected. So where do you turn for legal help you can trust? LegalZoom.com. For over 13 years, they've been helping Americans get personalized wills, powers of attorney, and living trusts. LegalZoom also helps file LLCs, S-corporations, and more to protect you against personal liability. The company was started by some of the best legal minds in the country, and they make it painless for you to get the legal protection that you need. Have questions? You can always reach out to someone at LegalZoom, and they'll talk you through the process. You can get legal help through independent attorneys and self-help services at your direction, but they're not a law firm. For special savings, be sure to enter FIRE at the referral box at checkout. Go to LegalZoom.com slash FIRE today to protect your business and control your family's future. Getting lost in the black hole that is your email inbox is a big no-no, but sometimes we feel as though we have to have our finger on the refresh at all times so we don't miss an important update from our team. That's why I rely on solutions that live outside of my inbox and help me delegate tasks, schedule meetings, manage projects, and collaborate with my team. Sounds pretty nice, right? Great news. Igloo brings task management, enhanced collaboration, and social conversation to the internet. With Igloo, you can manage everything from entire projects to those minor tasks all in one platform. It's a virtual place for your ever-expanding business. Try Igloo free for up to 10 people at igloosoftware.com slash fire. That's igloosoftware.com slash fire. John, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yeah, sounds like a plan. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think the false security, maintaining all my responsibilities and, and being in a career that was secure, I think that it's very difficult to, to turn away from that and jump, but ultimately understanding that it's more you're more secure in things that you can control, I think was, was what I took away from that. No, I love that. And that's what I really like sharing with Fire Nation is that, listen, when you are becoming an entrepreneur and you're learning the skills to become an entrepreneur, you're becoming a Swiss army knife that can adapt and can adjust to the changing economic tides. I mean, you know, people that are so uber specialized in these quote unquote super safe companies, and then the economy turns and shifts and something else comes and makes it obsolete wow, you're kind of being left to dry, out to dry there. But entrepreneurs who are developing skills, who are realizing that, hey, I'm going to fail and that's okay. I'm going to learn from that failure and move on and pick up more skills and be just diverse in my knowledge. Those are the survivors and that's the future. And John, what is the best advice you've ever received? I would say love what you do or pray that you don't succeed because (laughs) if if you succeed at something you don't love, it will be it will be something that just crushes you. Oh, man. And I have first seen experience in that. I mean, I was struggling to find what I wanted to do in life. And I was just, again, lucky. I've been lucky a couple times in life. And this business that I started just took off. And I 
after about six months, realized I do not like doing this. This is kind of painful, in fact. But the money was so good that, and I didn't have necessarily anything else I was just like so amped up to do that I kind of just let these handcuffs kind of keep me to this job that I had created and boxed myself into. And I really wish that that had failed a lot sooner than it did. And it would have forced me to get out there and continue to try to find things that I was actually passionate about. So think about that, Fire Nation. And share one of your personal habits, John, that you believe contributes to your success. I would say waking up early is, is probably one of the biggest things. I, I try to be up before, before the sun comes up most mornings. Um, I don't ever have an alarm clock. It's just something that now is built in where I, I always wake up early. And I think that what is good about that is it usually takes me a couple hours before I'm mentally ready to you know, handle a lot of different questions or think <laughs> through things. So I, I seem like I come into it a lot fresher because I woke up earlier. No, and I actually just launched another daily podcast called Quotes on Fire, where it's just a quote, um, and then I expound upon that quote and share a resource. And one of their most recent ones was from one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all time, Benjamin Franklin. And everybody's heard this quote, but you know it's so true. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. You know, we all want to pretend like we're night owls, but you're only a night owl because you've made that decision to be a night owl. You can also make a decision to be an early bird if you so choose. So John, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Slack is a really, really cool app. Um, I don't know if you're using it, but it's for, for communicating in an office. It is just, it's really nice because it integrates with tons of different services. So every time we have, um, any, anyone on Git pushes something up or branches something, we get notified. If we have a Stripe payment, we get notified. If we have, um, you know, a whole host of different things connected into it and the whole office can sort of subscribe to these different feeds of content. It, it's an amazing, amazing app. So cool. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about at eofire.com slash John McGinn. And John, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? i say anything by Malcolm Gladwell. I, I've never been disappointed by any of his books. Uh, David and Goliath is a great book. That's actually the one that I was going to recommend. I was actually in San Francisco a handful of months ago, and I had the data myself. So I downloaded the audiobook David and Goliath, and just kind of half ran, half walked the entire city of San Francisco listening to that audiobook, and it was a doozy of a book. And it's it was incredible, yeah, incredible. The stories and how he shares it, and the audiobook specifically is great. And Fire Nation. I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And John, this next question is the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would buy a few things. I would try to buy something to make, to make income, try and buy some um, necessities to you know, maintain 
food and those types of things. So I guess your I would food buy, and shelter is taken care of, John. Listen close. Okay, I would probably buy a lawnmower or a pressure washer or a snowblower or something like that off of Craigslist that I knew I could get to work and make money with um, quickly. And then I'd probably set up a um, uh, get a cell phone and get like a square reader so that I could take cards. Yes. Um, I would set up a, uh, I would get a nice business shirt, something that is very presentable, get a haircut and then get some, get some work clothes and probably uh, some fishing tackle. A man of the earth. There's actually a great book, John, I think that you would love that I've just started. Um, it's, it's just a phenomenal book. It's called The Good Earth. And it's basically a story about a guy in China way back in the day. And it just tells about basically how he went from absolutely nothing to a very well-off and successful entrepreneur by working the land. And it's just really fascinating to see how different things were and the opportunities that were back then. But still, it all comes back to one thing, hard work. And John, let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. I would really focus on finding a church or um, some type of community environment that you can meet people and talk to people. Don't become so closed in that you never, you, you don't develop the people skills that are necessary. Cause I feel like not being very well educated myself, I was uh, never went to college. I never had a lot of those things. I was pretty much forced into situations where I met people, talked to people, could, could communicate. So I would say find, find where people are and talk to people and be involved with people. And what's the best way we can find you? Our website is south, S-O-U-T-H dot I-O. And um, you should be able to find lots of different links to there. And I think on Twitter, I'm at uh, slash McGinco, M-C-G-I-N-N-C-O. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with John and myself today. So keep up the heat. And Fire Nation, just go to eofire.com, type John in the search bar, J-O-H-N, and his show notes page will pop right up with all of his contact information, his resource, his book recommendation, you name it, it's there. And John, I want to thank you for igniting the airwaves with me today. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, are you ready to monetize your podcast? Join Kate and I on our free podcast workshop, and I'll show you the top five ways to do so. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 